Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio, WJMM. So grateful that you've tuned in once again. It's Discipleship Week uh, at Encounter. All week we've been talking about discipleship, discipleship uh, changing. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit yesterday, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today and, ha- and how we need the Holy Spirit to become disciples that Christ wants us to be. And I will tell you that there's nothing in Bill Reeser, apart from the Holy Spirit, that can produce anything Christ-like or do anything good or lasting for the kingdom or anyone here without the Holy Spirit living inside of me. See, the Father sent the Son, but the Son sent the Spirit. And He is the one who strengthens us, empowers us when we're weak, teaches us how to pray, guides us into truth, explains the truth of God's Word to us, is our personal interpreter of the Bible, helping us understand what the Bible says about everything, giving us peace and power when we need it most, examining us and becoming our moral compass, convicting us when we sin, exposing us for who we really are so we can know how deep, how wide the love of God really is and experience grace in its most purest form, changing us from the inside out and producing good fruit in us so that when people see the Holy Spirit in us, they will know that God has touched our lives and we are His and He is ours and we have someone living inside of us that makes all of that possible and that is the Holy Spirit. No one has the power and grace to live out God's plan for their lives without the power of the Holy Spirit. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, not just by the power of the cross, but by the indwelling work and power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit changing you. Don't be afraid of having real love come into your heart. Don't be afraid of having real power. Don't be afraid of having a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us, watch this, a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love, and a sound mind. See, many of us look at that scripture and find it hard to believe that God can give us power, love, and a sound mind. What that scripture is saying is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of power, is the spirit of love, and a sound mind. And when you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and allowing Him to lead and guide your life, then you will receive and become a person of power, love, and a sound mind. I don't know about you, but I need those three things in my life, and so do you. And when you study the life of Jesus, and I think it's important for everyone to study the life of Jesus, it's so easy to focus on what he said and what he did. And that's important because what he said and what he did gives us hope for today and tomorrow. But did you ever study how Jesus did the things he did? How he said the things he said. How he knew where to go and what to do at just the right time. How did Jesus do all those miracles when he came in the form of a man and left his powers in heaven? How did he get through 33 years and not sin? Let's take a look at some key moments in scripture in the life of Jesus Christ. Acts 10, 37 through 38. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, watch this, with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. How was God with him? By the power of the Holy Spirit. See, many will argue that Jesus did what he did because God, because he was God and he exercised his divine powers. But when Jesus was sent, 
He was sent, yes, as the Son of God, but he was also sent in the form of a real man who had to figure out how to walk in the flesh and walk in the Spirit just like we have to figure out how to do. Jesus had to learn trust, obedience, dependence upon the Holy Spirit, resist temptations, let God's Word save him in tough situations, lean on his Father just like we all have to learn how to do. And when Jesus lived on planet Earth, he depended upon the Holy Spirit, prayer, the Word of God, and his personal relationship with his Father to accomplish everything that he did. Think about that. If Jesus himself needed all those things, how much more do we need those things? And the glue that held it all together for Jesus was the Holy Spirit. And here's what this means to me and you. Jesus' life on earth could be summarized as one who is spirit-empowered, spirit-led, and spirit-controlled. Jesus depended upon the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, prayer, and fellowship with His Father to accomplish what He did. And so do we. How much more do we need those things if Jesus needed them to accomplish what He needed to accomplish so that we can have eternal life with Him forever and ever? And here's what I've been learning. If you want to get close to God, you got to learn how to run errands for the Holy Spirit. If you want to run errands for the Holy Spirit, you have to learn how to say yes to Jesus being the Lord and leader of your life. If you say yes to Jesus being the Lord and leader of your life, then you have to say yes to the Holy Spirit guiding you into truth. If you say yes to the Holy Spirit guiding you into truth, then you have to spend the rest of your life allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you how to love Jesus out of gratitude and not obligation, which is the pathway to the Spirit-filled life. If you experience the Spirit-filled life, you're going to experience grace in its purest form and you'll be changed from the inside out because there are two lives that people live, the self-life or the Spirit-filled life. Some refer to it as living under the law or grace. So if you're living under the law, that's called the self-life. So what does that look like? One, it means that you're bound by the law. It means you break one, you break them all. You obey from a place of obligation. What's the result of that? Well, that's just guilt and condemnation. That is dependent upon self-reliance, which the result of that is death. And the wages of sin is death. And there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. The result of that is living a life of fear, which grieves the Holy Spirit. And the result of living that way is you'll be filled with guilt and condemnation and a list of do's and don'ts. And that is why Paul was so teed off and mad when he wrote the book of, Gal of Galatians. And that's why Paul was so teed off and mad when he wrote the book of Galatians. Another name for the self-life would be religion. And that's just a bad way to live your life. The spirit, yet the spirit-filled life, this is the life that Jesus died for. That life is, uh, is, is filled with grace. You obey from a, grace, a place of gratitude. You're filled with the Holy Spirit that does the work for you. It's, a, it's the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for, full of faith that pleases the Holy Spirit. And the result is living in the flow of the Spirit, therefore protected under the grace umbrella, which is why another name for the Spirit-filled life is relationship. So who is the Holy Spirit? to me. Who is the Holy Spirit to you? Well, one, he's my personal counselor. The Holy Spirit wants to counsel you. How does he counsel us? Well, he counsels us by guiding us into truth. And when we agree with his counsel, 
He rewards us with his peace. If we disagree with his counsel and don't live out, don't live it out, we forfeit that peace and possibly God's blessing. Two, he's my personal guide explaining God's truth to me. You know, a library has some great books, but there's one book you can never understand. That's the Bible. It can never be fully understood unless the person who wrote it explains it to you, the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a common mistake when studying the Bible. If we take the approach that we're going to read it and study it like a newspaper, then we'll never fully understand God's Word and how to apply it to our lives and our circumstances. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to make God's Word real to us. Have you ever read a verse 20 times and all of a sudden it made sense to you? What happened? That's the Holy Spirit making God's Word real to you. Although we need teachers, and teachers are important, let's never forget the teaching in 1 John 2.27. It says, As for you, the anointing that you have received from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. See, it is possible for a simple person to know more about God and His Word than a theologian with a PhD. And we can fall into the trap thinking we can know the Bible, but if there's no spiritual change that's changing our hearts and walking down this pathway of discipleship, then the Holy Spirit's not being allowed to work. And if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be your personal guide and interpreter, then you open yourself up to the devil and people who will distort the Word of God. And there's a great danger reading the Scriptures without asking the Holy Spirit to teach us. See, the Bible means nothing unless the Holy Spirit teaches us and reveals to us what He wrote really means. And if the Holy Spirit is not allowed to operate like that, like so many, we can fall into the habit of reading Scripture just to justify what we already believe or don't believe and if any verse troubles you or you disagree with it then you're going to discard it and that is why you make the holy spirit your personal guide allowing him to guide you into truth number three he's my friend and friends he's not weird he's not weird and he's not spooky people are weird you're sometimes people that come to my service and my church are weird People I counsel are weird. I come across weird people every day. I'm weird at times. People have told me I'm weird, but not the Holy Spirit. He is kind. He's compassionate. He's the third person of the Trinity, not the third wheel who loves you. Anything weird associated with the Holy Spirit has come from weird people who have misrepresented the Holy Spirit. Number four, the Holy Spirit is my helper. The Holy Spirit gives and produces good and great things in your life if you let him. He gives you good, he gives you gifts so you can produce good fruit in you. He gives you himself just like Jesus did so you can love Jesus and do the things that Jesus did. See, Jesus died so that you can live. And when we die to ourselves, the Holy Spirit comes alive in us and he gives us gifts, produces good fruit, teaches us how to love, gives us power, resurrection power, and gives us himself for fellowship and relationship and teaches us how to pray. Five, the Holy Spirit is my God who desires a personal relationship with me just like Jesus. Number six, the Holy Spirit is just as reliable as Jesus, and he will never let you down. Friends, the Holy Spirit is not a power you use, but a person you must get to know. So let me ask you, do you have a relationship with your father? 
with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit? may seem like an odd question, but if you honor each person and embrace each person of the Trinity, you'll have a relationship with your Father, you have a relationship with Jesus, and you'll have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit guides you into truth, and makes the truth of God's Word plain to you, and tells you how to live it out, I'm telling you, you'll be one of the greatest disciples ever because that's the only pathway to discipleship as we embrace Romans 12, 1 and 2 and live that out. The Holy Spirit will tell you how to live it out. Now, here's a practical application for you. Whenever you open up God's Word, I always pray to the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, teach me what I'm reading. Show me what I'm reading. Reveal to me what you are saying in your word. Reveal to me what this means to me in my personal life. Tell me how you want me to live this out in my personal life. Reveal anything and everything you want to reveal to me in your scriptures. So when I invite the Holy Spirit into my reading and my reading time, it's amazing how much clearer the Bible comes, becomes to me. So I have to set a personal time with the Holy Spirit and God's word and prayer every day of my life. And I encourage you to make an appointment with God every day and pray to the Holy Spirit and let him make God's word the authority over your life. You will not be disappointed. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in truth. Let the Holy Spirit explain God's word to you and let the Holy Spirit teach you and tell you how you can live it out so you can be the best disciple God has called you to be. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser.